0: This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today, I'm here to share with you cultures and their myths. This is part one of my Con Zealand WorldCon 77 notes, and I've got a little stuffed animal friend with me. Uh, her name is Keys, Alicia Keys, uh, cause she's a little kiwi bird. So the titular panel was called shared myths and the panel description was as follows. How do myths and legends impact cultures around the world? Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell argued that the same stories underlie myths everywhere. Were they right or are there fundamental differences between myths from around the world? The panelists were Helen Marshall as moderator Peter Ogulin, Gracie Kim, and Sui Davis Okungbawa. Now while the premise of the panel was the shared myths, the discussion instead demonstrated that the culture of where the story originates influences the myth more than um, traditional Western studies uh, suggest now while i am referencing all of these as myths many of them are the sincere beliefs of their followers and in this post i am aiming to give them all the same level of respect so first we asked the panelists to share a myth uh, from their culture that fascinated them that they felt more people should know about the first panelist suggested um in some korean myths at the beginning of time bear and tiger both wanted to be human and pray to hwanang the divine king told them to go into a cave with only mugwort leaves and garlic to eat if they stayed in the darkness for 100 days and 100 nights through the dark and the cold and the hunger they would become human it didn't take long for Tiger to say heck with this and wander off, but Bear persisted and after a hundred days and hundred nights, became a beautiful human woman, the first. Um, and one of the fascinating things about this is the local foods and how it was really kind of gross <laughs> as a bear um, uh, sustenance meal. Another myth put forward was told or retold in Laurie Anderson's song, The Beginning of Memory. Uh, It was based on Aristophanes' The Birds. The earth was originally covered in water, so birds would circle it continuously. When Bird's father died, there was nowhere to bury him, so instead she buried him in the back of her mind. And that was the beginning of memory. I, I agreed with the panelist, that is such a fascinating concept and it's so beautiful. Uh, for the Irish, their mythology talks about the interaction between the two worlds touching in places. In the voyage of Bran on a rough sea, Mac MacLear rode by on his chariot and Bran calls out, how do you wheel on this sea? And Meclia replied, it's fields here for me. In another Irish tale, a ship flies by in the sky and its anchor gets caught in a tree. And a farmer watches as a man swims down to free the anchor and starts to drown. So the farmer goes up and cuts the anchor free and the man swims up and manages not to drown. And all his friends are happy and this ship sails off in the sky with them all waving goodbye to the farmer. Um, In a West African uh, creation myth, there was already a god of the sky and a god of the water and another god offered to create the land. So they gave him a chain and a snail shell full of dirt. Snail shell. Um, So the god uses the chain, I assume, to climb down from the sky to the water And then pours out the snail shell and the dirt just keeps coming and coming until he's created the land and the mountains and everything. And with other artifacts that he brought with him, he creates and fills the land with humans and animals and vegetation. So let's talk a little about the differences between myth worlds and the real world. I think we all have some inkling here. Um, But the intersection of worlds or parallel worlds is always fascinating. For the Irish, they claim to have beat the spirits that came before, the Tuatha de Danann, and agreed to split the land when they won the war. But instead of giving the losers the East or the West or the North or the South, The Irish decided they would take the top of the ground and let the losers have the underground. And it is because of this trickery that the Irish spirits can be so antagonistic, um, always trying to get the better of the people and um, use the rules to win. In other cultures, um, the spirits might not be so intent on reclaiming things or Um, But it depends on the culture, obviously. Uh, In myths, there often is an underworld, beneath or beside our world. In some mythologies, the underworld or spirit world isn't really another place. It's a revolving door. Uh, For example, in some Korean traditions, when you die, you are wrapped in seven shrouds, and it is thought that you have gone on to be on trial for 49 days, and every seven days your descendants can do a ritual that um, should help you pass these trials or um, judgment, and eventually your spirit may be reincarnated. Life and birth are very different in this spirit world. The ways that gods are said to birth themselves or each other are not typically the mortal way. Think of Aphrodite coming from the foam of the ocean, or Athena being a headache for her dad, that kind of thing. So let's talk about the basis of myths. A culture's myths are based on one or more of three things what a people wants to be true, what a people believes is true, or what a people fear is true. The further back in a culture's history you go to find when a myth was created, the more likely the myth is about making sense of the world's natural phenomenon and uh, humanity's place in it. As cultures mature and interact with other cultures, you'll see more external values and morals being filtered into the story. Many later myths have also been collected and filtered through either Christian or Muslim or Confucianistic, etc. beliefs. Um, There was mention during the panel of a mythological firefly creature that conveyed what people needed to do to be safe from malaria. And this myth came about after mosquitoes were introduced, thanks to, you know, hopefully inadvertently by colonizers. So let's talk about the ways that myths change absorption versus changing. Some myths are changed by outside influence, and um, some myths that come in from the outside are changed to native beliefs and twists. In Korea, every family had its own spirits, and then Confucianism came and turned them into family ancestors. Things are interpreted by where you live, what your culture is, and what the dominant culture around you is. In Christian church art, they often made paintings and the images of the stories they were trying to teach filled with local flora and fauna so that people could see themselves in the story better. And finally, let's address the power of modern myth. By creating and rewriting myths, you can create a sense of community. You can bring the culture you were born into and make it more accessible or more relevant to current issues and concerns. Disasters and war and trade have always influenced myths and changed both their nuances and their focus. They often give us a way to cope with the truth. And there's speculation that the pandemic is going to spawn tales and myths for generations. So let me know, what are your favorite undershared myths? Are there any you have tried retelling? How did it work out? And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share it with all your friends. It goes a long way towards helping people find me. And I'll be back again next Monday with more writing tips and writerly musings. Bye bye.